You're listening to audio from Gospel Light Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more of our resources or support our ministry, please visit gospellight.sg. It's a privilege for me to be here sharing the Word of God with you um, this morning. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to give an update about um, my life. I'm not going to have another child or in change of different stage of life. I'm still married, happily married for one and a half years. And I have a little boy. His name is called... Uh, Elliot. Uh, he's about three months old. So I'm a new father and I'm growing and learning to be a, how to be a better father for my little boy, Elliot. Uh, we have named him Elliot because Elliot means the Lord is my God. Jehovah is my God. And it's our, my desire, my wife's desire, that one day he will really come to know God as his God, that he will not have a borrowed faith, but he will have his, a faith of his own, believing in Jesus Christ. And I also, my prayer is that he will grow to be more like Jesus and go for Jesus one day. Let me bring you through his growth journey. This is him, uh, day one. Very ugly. I mean, uh, <laughs> looks, many people will say he's cute, but I will say that he's a bit weird. But yeah, he, uh, he's my son. I, I love him. He's day one old. Uh, day three old, you can see a little bit of growth. Uh, and day seven, he, he, his eyes getting bigger, just like the father. Becoming more handsome and tall and dark and like the, that, like the father. And he grew and continued to grow and grow. One of the most interesting, distinctive uh, that we have, we share is actually the hair. Like, I don't know why he has receding a hairline. Pretty much, you know where it comes from. Yeah, and he grow and grow and, and to the point that he's not just crying every single day. He will react to your smile. He will move around. He will say no when it's too much of the milk. And, and he will learn to have tummy time where he will lift up the head. And, and he will now, beginning at uh, three months old, he began to smile back um, at you. I can see growth. I, we follow an app called uh, What to Expect. And they will tell you what to look out for at different stages of his life. Um, yeah, and that's him. And hopefully one day he'll become little, little Yifei, <laughs> like, like, like myself. And that's what we really desire, that he will grow and grow and grow, no longer staying as an infant baby, but to grow to become man like you. But however, there's one season of his life, we were quite concerned that he actually he, he wasn't growing. For a, about three, three weeks, his weight did not grow. His weight actually dropped. And we were so concerned. We will consult all the experts. We will consult the parents. We will look out online. How can I make my child becoming a bit fatter? He's a bit of a skinny um, baby. And we were so concerned because we were comparing the baby with other babies. Wow, every baby is pie, pie, pang, pang, fat, fat, and plump. My baby is a bit skinnier on a skinnier side. We were concerned. We were, I were, my wife and I, we did everything that we can to make sure that he will grow in his weight, in his health. You know, similarly, we are on the topic of growth. And sometimes as we look back, look back our life, we need to ask ourselves this question. Are we growing to be more and more like Jesus or are we actually becoming more and more like the world? Are we stagnating in our spiritual life and maybe it's time for a health check? We need to go to the expert. We need to find out how me and, me and you can grow to be more and more like Jesus Christ. You know, last week, Hanel talked about are you dead or are you alive? Are you alive or dead? About knowing Christ in terms of salvation. Today, we are talking about the topic of growth in terms of sanctification. The question that I want to pose to you right at the start of the sermon is, are you growing 
spiritually to be more and more like Jesus in His character, in His being. It's something that I want you all to think about in the entire um, sermon. Today's sermon, I want to share three parts. I want to answer these three questions. What does it mean for us to grow in Christ? What is the biblical word for growing in Christ? What is this word called sanctification that we see everywhere on our leaf, that, that, the, that, that our church wants us to grow? No, grow, go. Salvation, sanctification, service. What does it mean? Sanctification is a big word. What does it mean? Secondly, I hope that we can, I want to help you guys to know how does a growing Christian look like? And thirdly, I want to help us to know some of the means of grace that God has granted to us to grow, to be more like Jesus. So number one, what is the meaning? The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians, this is the will of God for your sanctification. The will of God is for us to grow in Him. Your sanctification. Big word. What does sanctification mean? The Bible tells us in the original language, it means a status of being set apart from sin to holiness. The word gives us is dedication, consecrated, to be set apart, to be different from the world and to become more and more like Jesus. That is what it means to be sanctified in Christ. That is what it means, that is what it means to be called, uh, uh, the word sanctification, to be set apart. In the context of here, he give us some, uh, Paul gave us some uh, example of what does it mean to be set apart from sin to holiness, to become like Christ. He gave us the idea of staying away, running away from sexual sin, not like who you were in the past, who does not, who does not, who does not know God. Because you are set apart, now you are becoming more and more like Christ. Run away from sin so that you can become more and more Christ-like, to become holy and, and so on and so forth. So that is what it means to be sanctified, to be uh, the word sanctification. Theologians uh, give us three types of sanctification. Maybe when you read the Bible, when you look at the word sanctified, sanctification, you may be confused. So theologians give us three uh, explanations of three types of sanctification. The first kind is the positional truth, the positional sanctification. The second kind is called the progressive sanctification, which is what we are focusing on today. The third kind is called the permanent sanctification, which also most of them will say is the ultimate sanctification that is going to come in the near future. So briefly, let me share with you what does uh, a positional sanctification means. It means this is the position that you have in Christ after you come to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. This is something that God imputed to you. It is the righteousness of God that is being imputed to you. This is who you are. You are adopted. You are now a new citizen of, of you are part of this new citizenship. You are no longer, uh, you are no longer uh, uh, the enemy of God, a uh, children of wrath. Now you are children of God. This is who you are. God has freed you from the penalty of sin. You have been sanctified. You were sanctified. And that is what it means that at the point of salvation, this is who you are in Christ. The second kind of sanctification that we are talking about is the progressive sanctification. It means that God has given you the power to be, God has freed you from the power of sin, where you are no longer slave to your old self, but now you can live a new life in Christ Jesus. 
That's why you have words like, uh, you, um, the Bible tells us that you are now a new creation, created for Jesus Christ. You, are, you put on a new self because that's who you are before God. The Bible tells us in First Peter, as obedient children, do not conform to the past, to the passion of your former ignorance, but He who called you is holy, so you also be holy in all your conduct. That is the will of God for us. That is our, that's exactly what our church desire uh, us to do, right? To be leading generation into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ, to know Him, to grow in Him, to be more like Him, to grow in our sanctification, to grow in our holiness, to become godly, to be Christ-like in every single way. That is what we want to discover today. And then the third kind of uh, uh, sanctification is the permanent sanctification that is the ultimate sanctification that we will be free from the presence of sin because God ultimately one day will wipe away every sin and every tear and there will be no more um, sin in the beautiful heaven where we spend eternity with Jesus Christ. He will be the one that sanctifies you completely in the near future. But we want to focus on this. Progressive sanctification. What is sanctification? In a nutshell, it means for us to grow in our sanctification to be more and more like Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, he says that we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being, once you become a Christian, you are being transformed into the same image from, from one degree of glory to another, which literally means you are being changed, you are being transformed, you are being more and shaped from where you are before you are becoming a Christian to where God wants you to be, to be more like Jesus. The word transform uh, in the original uh, text, in the original Greek, is this metamorpho, which means it's a change, it's a complete change. Uh, it's a complete change. It's a change that takes place from the inside out. We have this word metamorpho, give us the word metamorphosis that we all came to know about in, our, in your education, right? It's a change that takes place completely from a little tepple, little not tepple, little egg, to become lava, pupa, and a beautiful butterfly, mature butterfly. This change that God talks about is a complete change, a total change from the inside out. But it takes time. It takes time for an egg to become a beautiful butterfly. And it takes time for you and I to be transformed from the inside out to become more like Jesus. It's like a picture, right? You, you, can't, you, you can't really put two wings to the lava and call it butterfly. You know it's not it's going to happen. That's, that's, that's not a real change. It is just a change of on the outside, but this metaphor, metamorphosis is a change from inside, and that's what God desires us to do. It takes time to grow. You know, I've been serving in the youth ministry for close to 15, 15 years, and there will be parents once in a while that come and tell me, hey, youth can you change my children? You know, my children have been super disobedient at home and going really alive that I, I don't think God wants him to be. Can, you, can I bring him to the youth ministry so that the leaders can do something about him Then suddenly he becomes godly and holy? 
well, I wish I can do that. There'll be a long line of people coming to gospel like youth ministry, right? And most of the time, I tell the parents that I, I can't change them. I can't change anyone because this change must come from the inside out. That's why the Bible tells us that this change comes from the Lord who is the Spirit of, 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 of God. It must, the change must only be taken place because the Spirit of God worked in the hearts of the child and he changed and changed. My job is to not have behavior modification. My job is to change. My job is to point them to Jesus who is able to change them. And the Spirit of God can enable them to become more like Jesus. So what it means? How do we change? Change to what? Change to mature manhood, to the fullness of Christ, to become more like Jesus. So what it means? It means, sanctification means, growing means, whenever we talk about growing in Christ, growing in Christ, it means to be more and more like Jesus. It means to be more and more sin, less sin and more holy. It means to run away from all the temptations and the presence of, and, and, and all the power of sin, but to run to Jesus who is able to give us victory over sin. That is what sanctification means. But maybe you ask yourself this question, how do I know that I am growing? What are some of the marks of a growing Christian? How do I know that I have reached mature manhood? How do I know if I'm just a newborn baby or actually I'm growing in Christ? In the book of Ephesians, uh, Apostle Paul tells us, give us some glimpse of someone who, are grow, who is growing in Christ. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do because you are a new creation. You are now a believer in Christ. You don't no longer walk like what you used to be. Your life is changed because of Jesus. Now, this is not the way you learn Christ, right? Assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him, in the truth, in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belong to your old former manner of life, the old self, the one that's before you come to Jesus. And now because you come to Jesus already, your life will change and your life is no longer the same anymore. And he says this, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self. This is who you are after you becoming a Christian. Put on your new self, put on Christ, created after the likeness of God in the righteousness, in holiness, being set apart to be called, becoming more and more like Jesus. Does God desire you to be God don't, don't desire to be staying as an infant. God desire to be transformed from one image to another image. How do I know I'm growing? In fact, after this verse, uh, Apostle Paul gave us some of the description of someone that is growing, someone that is putting on Christ empowered by the Spirit of God. What are they? These are people, growing Christians, will speak truth with one another, especially to the people of God in the family. There will be a group of people that will no longer live their life as a lie. They will no, no longer lie to get what they want in their life. They will speak truth. They will not gossip. They will tell people what is truth. That is what it means to grow in Christ. That's one of the mark 
of someone that is growing in Christ. They will not be so easily angry. In fact, the anger will not let the, the Bible tells us, do not be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. A growing Christian will be one that will be slow to anger, quick to hear and slow to, slow to wrath. A growing Christian will be one that will not let anger pass the bed because he will resolve the anger in his heart. A growing Christian, when a car cut in front of you, you will be like, thank you, Jesus, for teaching me patience. Thank you, Jesus, for showing me my sinfulness because I'm prone to just pee-pa-pa and just scold all the words that you, you use to scold. You are no longer that person. You are now created in the likeness of God. There must be a change in your life that shows that you are growing spiritually. You no longer do, do a work that gets what you want. You will do honest work. You will not lie and cheat to get the deal that you want. You will not cheat and deceive your clients or your colleague to get what you want. You will do honest work. You will grow in generosity. Instead of keeping all to yourself, you will desire to share with people around you. You will no longer let a corrupting talk that come out from your mouth. The old self, maybe you're full of vulgarities, full of things that is not good and edifying. But the new self, the new, new man, the, new, the one that you put on Christ and powered by the Spirit, you will speak life to one another, building up one another and not tearing people down. The list go on and on. Let me give you just a few. When you put on Christ, when you are growing, you will learn how to forgive those that have hurt you the most. When you are growing in Christ, you will learn to be kind and tender-hearted instead of your old self. Am I saying that this is easy? No. But are you slowly, day by day, empowered by the Spirit of God to become more like Jesus? In fact, it's not just Ephesians 4. If you go to Ephesians 5 and 6, you will see that do you, as you grow in Christ, do you love your wife more as how Christ loved the church? Husband, do you understand your wife? I know it's very hard, but we grow in our understanding to love and understand our wife, to show empathy. I'm speaking for myself. For wife, do you, do, you, do you learn to submit to your husband's leadership? Yes, your husband may make stupid mistakes and stupid decisions, but do you learn to give them feedback and yes, submit to them as how Christ, how, how the church Submit to Christ. Are you growing? Youth, are you children? Are you growing to obey your parents because this is right? Workers, are you treating your, your, your staff like slave or are you treating them with honour and glory? You see, has, parents, for myself, uh, am I growing in teaching, my way, teaching the child in the way of the Lord? Or am I just being angry with them and just and just scold them wherever I can. I use, I use cane and just cane them because I'm angry with them. Or are you caning them because you love them and you want to train them in the way of the Lord? You see, growth takes time. And God is not looking for sinless perfection. God is looking for sincere progression. It takes time for us to become more and more like Christ, to be, to be mature and equipped followers of Jesus Christ. 
it takes time. Be patient with yourself because we are still under construction. If I can, okay, I cannot, I won't do that. But in you, I will tell them, tell, tell to one another and speak to them, say that you are under construction. But don't worry, you are not going to do that this morning. But it's true. We are all still under construction. We are still in the process of growth. I hope that your life is on the right track of growth rather than the other way, uh, turning more to sin and turning away from Jesus. I think it's our desire as a church to help you to grow in our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, what is so wrong with this picture? If you really think about it, something is wrong with this picture. A newborn baby with thieves? Weird, isn't it? Of course, someone saw Photoshop. Like, it's not real. Like. If it's real, I think I'll be shocked. If my son now has teeth, I'll be like, wow, God help me. I don't know what's happening to him. But this is weird, right? Because you expect a newborn baby to grow slowly and steadily. There's different stages that he grow. You can't expect a baby suddenly to say, uh, at three months old, my baby Elliot will say, Daddy, I love you. Wow, if he can, praise God. But he can't because it takes time for him to be able to speak to construct words and to say, Daddy, I love you. Similarly, sometimes we have a wrong expectation of one another. We expect our spouse or our kids or the people in our CG to grow up immediately, but it takes time for them to grow. Be patient with them. That's why the Bible says in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, patience goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. These are marks and characteristics and virtues of Jesus, of God, and it's something that God desires us to have, right? But it, the Bible tells us it is the fruit of the Spirit of God. Only when you are abiding in Christ, when you are being filled with the Spirit of God, all these things begin to come out in your life, the fruits. But only when you are abiding, when you are falling in love with Jesus. So, What's the meaning of sanctification? It means literally to be set apart from sin to holiness to be more Christ-like. How do you know that you're growing? Just look at the whole Bible. You can see many things that the Bible desires us to, to be because of who we are in Christ. Thirdly, how do you know you are growing, right? How, the third question I want to ask you, not, 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 not how do you know you are growing, but what are some of the means of grace? that God has granted to us as believers to grow in Him. What are some of them? What are some of the means of grace that God has given to us? There's a lot, but I just want to name a few. Number one, God has given us spiritual disciplines. What is spiritual disciplines? Spiritual disciplines are things that Christians in the past and now do on a regular basis. They discipline themselves in the Word of God and in prayer and these two spiritual disciplines, they do consistently in their life to help them to promote their spiritual growth. So what spiritual discipline? Spiritual discipline is something that we do on a regular um, basis. First Timothy 4 uh, tells us, train rather, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, Right? Bodily training is of some value for those of you that exercise. You understand that, right? Bodily, exercise, bodily uh, training is of some value. You gain some muscle, you can show off your muscle. But most of us, you say, oh, I do it for health, but actually you're doing it for your looks. You know what I mean, right? 
But bodily training is of some value, definitely of some value, so you can be healthy. But the Bible says godliness of, is of a value in many every way as a whole promise for the present life and also the life to come. And God tells us to train. The word train in the original language it means gymnazo. The word gymnazo gives us the word gymnastic. Gym is something that we do consistently on a regular basis. And God says you want to grow to be more like Christ in your holiness. You have to put yourself under some spiritual discipline in the Word of God and in prayer. You think Christian Bill from this picture can suddenly in the next year become that picture? You think all he did was mm, then suddenly all the muscle being popped out and suddenly he become as fit as that guy over there? No. It, it doesn't miraculously just happen like that. We, he went through trainings after trainings, eating the right food, putting the right weights, having enough sleep and allow him to become who he is in this picture. Similarly, God wants us to train ourselves, spiritual discipline in the Word of God. That's why in, in 1 Peter 2 says, like a newborn infant, long for pure spiritual milk. What are the two spiritual disciplines that we all have to embark in? The Word of God and the prayer. One is what we learn, what we gain from God, and one another is how we respond to God in prayer. Both are necessary to build a healthy relationship with Jesus. You can't do one without another. And God desires Christians like us, be like the infant baby. You know what infant baby do? They cry every three hours. Mommy, mommy, I want milk. Of course, they won't say mommy, mommy, I want milk. They just cry and cry and cry because they want your attention. They want milk. They, in fact, maybe my wife is feeding my child now because he's just crying and just wanting milk. It is a natural thing to desire the pure milk. It is a natural thing for us as believers to desire the spiritual milk, which is the Word of God. If you are not in the Word of God, how can you expect yourself to grow? If you are not opening the Bible on a regular basis, how do you expect yourself to, 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 be, to be like Christ? You think you just, mm, every day, that will be coming, you become more like Christ? No. We have to train ourselves to be more and more like Christ in the Word and in prayer. Do you remember the day, many years ago, that you fall in love with Jesus? that you become a Christian, that you know God in terms of salvation, and then immediately you, know, you remember the day that you just love God so much that you just want to know who He is and what His will for you, His what, what He's like and what He doesn't like in the Word of God. Do you remember the day that you will pour yourself in the Word of God, that you will, you will set aside time every single day to grow to be more like Jesus? Do you remember the day that you, you just pray so regularly because you just want to talk to Jesus on a regular basis because of what He has done for you in your life. I remember the day. I remember at two, uh, in the year 2004 when I make a, make a decision to follow Jesus. It's, by the way, it's God that worked in my heart to believe in Him. And He worked in my heart to grow in Him. And Chu uh, gave me a Bible at the age of 15, 16 years old. And when I received this Bible, I was like, wow, so expensive, 50 over dollars. I can't even afford that Bible. But he gave it to me. During that time, I don't have phones and we, we, 
Last time, uh, not, not now, everyone has phone and you have Bible. And you have all the apps in the Bible, all, all the apps in your phone that help you to know Jesus. But last time, don't really have. So he gave me a, she gave me a Bible. And I fall in love with God. And I fall in love with the Word of God. I long to spend time to know Christ, even though my English was limited then. And I, a lot of things that I don't understand. But I will still love, I will still read it because I want to know Him. Do you remember that time? that you write journal, write down your prayer, write down how God answered your prayer. I remember those times. I have books and books where I write down my journal and because I love Jesus and I see how He works in my life and how He works in the life of people that I'm reaching out to. Do you remember those times that you long for the spiritual milk? That you will have consistent devotional life? Have you lost that desire? Have you lost that Hunger, light, the infant baby. It's time to grow up. And to grow up in Christ, to be more like Him, it takes certain effort. That's why in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, His divine power has granted us everything that's pertaining to life and godliness. God has granted us the Word of God so that we can grow up to be more like Him. And in verse 5, He says, Make every effort to add on to your virtue, to your brotherly love, to your, to your self-control, and so on and so forth. Something that we have to do on a regular basis. You know, before, after I married, I got a house, right? And Pastor Ke Hong beautifully, graciously granted me a new plant. Uh, very nice plant. My house is a lot of wood, but needs some green. So he gave me, gave me this, this plant. Very beautiful, two stems of greens. And all he, he told me this, you say, all you need to do, I know you're busy, all you need to do is actually twice a, twice a week, just pour two cups of, uh, uh, cups of water into the soil and just leave it there, it will grow. Of course, me being me, I will do likewise, right? Every, every, every uh, twice a week, I will pour the water and eventually the tree, not, not the tree, the, the plant give birth to another stem in the middle if you see here. It was, wow, so amazing. If I continue to do that, the tree will continue to grow, uh, continue to grow and grow. Maybe I have uh, one whole bucket of uh, stems or, or, or whatever. And, I, I, and guess what? After a few months, it will grow more. I wish it will grow more, but it up like this. <laughs> it just died. I asked myself, why this from what Pastor Kehong gave me to become something like this and the baby die already, you know, kind of thing, and all the side of the leaf become brown. I have no idea why. But as I look back, I, I begin to find out what happened. I find myself giving, I find myself giving uh, excuses. Ah, yeah. You know what? You know why the plant died? Ah, yeah, because I have no time. You know why the plant died? Ah, yeah, because I, I am busy in ministry. I am serving Jesus. I will go to Club 39 to reach out to the unbelievers. I invest in my life with the youth. I will spend time with the youth. Or I take care of my family. I, I, you know, doing a newborn phase, the baby, baby newborn phase, there's a lot of things to do. I can give excuses after excuses after excuses. If my desire is for the plant to grow healthily, I have to put in effort. In fact, the effort is twice a week. If you want to grow, like to be like Jesus, and if you don't put in effort, I can tell you for sure, you can grow, you can be doing a lot of things, but not growing, you will eventually get burnt out, and eventually your spiritual life is going to turn 
not towards Christ, but to away from Christ because you are bitter, you are not growing, you are not taking care of your root, and that's why the fruits doesn't come. You are not taking care of your being, that's why all these things fall apart. Busyness is an excuse that we all use, but priority is a choice that each of us make on a day-to-day basis. I love it when family prioritize family devotion because they know that the Word of God gives growth. May not, the children may not understand what it means, but they understand, that, they understand uh, you, they understand your life, and you display Christ-likeness to them. That's where they grow. That's where you grow as a family as well. If you don't intentionally come apart to spend time with Jesus, you will inevitably, eventually come apart. I pray that you and I will grow to be more like Jesus. How? Um, no. Put in effort. Read the Bible. Spend time. Maybe it's at night. Maybe it's the morning. You know, Pastor Jason, I remember his, his story that he used, when he go holiday, he would bring a commentary with him so they can know Jesus. Maybe you don't need to bring a commentary. You have tablets, right? You have all the means of grace that God has given to you on your phone to know Him. But you need to open it. You need to spend time in prayer with Him. Why do some people becoming more like the world? It's because their mind is not being renewed. How do you renew your mind? It's by the Word of God so that you can know and test what is the will of God in your life. I encourage you, spend time in the Word. You know, I, I, if a, it's a privilege for me to serve the youth. And one of the youth that I used to reach out to, his name is called Aless. I'm not sure if he's here. He's someone, I've shared, him, shared with, about him before. I, he came to faith uh, after reaching out to him in the basketball court. And after four years, five years, suddenly he says, Oh, Yifei, after all the things that you say, I now believe. I was like, oh, okay, well, thank God you, you came to faith. And he began to join Bible study and began to grow. For two years, he has been with me and, and growing in the Word of God, understanding what the Bible says about uh, many, many things. And now he began to go for Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Now he said, just two days ago, he asked me, Yufei, I want to reach out to my parents who are Taoists. They really don't believe in Jesus. They believe in many gods. They believe that he, the parents tell him, don't go to church or You can go to church, but don't get baptized, you know, as if that baptism... Like, you know, there's a Zem or whatever. And, and, and he said, Yufei, how can I reach out to my parents? Because he wants to serve the parents. He wants to help the parents to know Jesus as well and to grow in, in, in Jesus as well. You see, there's a, there's a young man that I know and came across that know God, grow in God, and go for God. There is another young man, Jairus. I can talk more about him next time, but you can see his life growing in the Word of God, desiring to serve people around. There is another young man he has this Instagram account, uh, not Instagram, uh, uh, Telegram. He, there's the pursuit of holiness. He, he asks people, he just, he just wants to be accountable for his spiritual life. And he will say, you say, uh, I'm going to post every day what God is teaching me in the Word. And he will say this, help me to live my life in, in my Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in remembrance of Jesus. There is someone that is growing. There is not someone that is like passively and waiting for God to zam them or whatever. They take steps on a regular basis to grow. Maybe you ask yourself, why am I not growing? It's because maybe you're not spending time in spiritual discipline, in the Word of God, and in prayer. Not just spiritual discipline that God has given to us, the means of grace. God grants to us community. 
to help us to grow, to be more like His Son. God gave us CG, DG, mentoring group, LOLMD. God gave us family to help you to grow, to be more like Him. In fact, if you look at the ex-church, you know what the community did? They devote themselves in apostles' teaching and in fellowship, in prayer and in breaking of bread, in fellowshipping, in provoking one another unto love and good works. They meet, they gather, they encourage, they poke one another because they see the guy that's falling and, and they, they restore the person. They see the guy that's uh, not loving Jesus, they encourage the person and, and so on and so forth. We need community. And if you're not in CGs, maybe it's time to rethink whether you're growing. And if you want to grow, why not consider joining uh, some care groups in our church? And I, I'm excited. I hear from Andy Sujan that last year, there were 180 people uh, joined CG last year. It's because they want to be part of a community that helped them to grow in their sanctification processes. So we thank God for them. As long as it's called today, so that none of us can be exalt one another as long as it's called today, then none of us may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We need one another. God give us community for a reason. So stay back, engage with one another's life that we can speak life to one another. The third means of grace sometimes is something that we don't actively go about. It's something that maybe sometimes God allows it to happen in our life. God gave and maybe God allowed trials, adversity in our life to train us up, to grow us, to test us, to stretch us so that we can be more like Christ, so that we can depend on Him, lest we become so comfortable in our Christian walk that we think that we don't need Jesus. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, many problems, many difficulties, many adversities in your life. For why? For what is the reason? So that the test, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold and, 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 and more, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, might, may be found to be result in, in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. God allowed trials and difficulties in your life to train you up. Look at James chapter 1. By all these trials and tribulations, your, test, your faith can be tested. So God grant all these things for us. Look at the life of Pastor Chicken. Through that trials of disease that God allowed him to have, he came out stronger rather than bitter. Look at the life of your CG mates how they go through trials. You see how they come out stronger? You know that they are growing. They are growing. They are growing. Sometimes we like to run away from problems, but God gave us trials and problems in our life so that we can face it, so that we can depend on Him, so that our character can be more and shaped. Our patience will be tested. Sometimes God grants, not sometimes, most of the time God grants your family, your spouse to, of course they are not the trials that God sent, but that God grants spouse and family and children in your life to grow you, to teach you how to be patient, to show the love of Christ, and so on and so forth. Thank God for trials and difficulties in our life. You see, God desires us to grow. Not just to know Him, to grow in Him, and also to go for Him. Ultimately, for what purpose? 
all this spiritual means of grace that God grant to us is not the end. The end of all these means of grace is for us to be conformed to His image, to be like His Son, so that we can enjoy Jesus, so that we can have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, who came to save you from your sin. I want to end with this testimony from one of the youth. His name is called Micah Dumo. He's only sec three. When, he was sec three uh, when she was uh, writing this, uh, this statement. This is what she said. A testimony, uh, evidence or proof of something. As a second generation Christian, I grew up growing to church every Sunday. Learning about Bible story, memorizing verses until I knew them by heart. As a 12 years old then, I may have thought that, yes, I got it all. I know so much about the Bible here. Because of that, I went on living my life thinking that I was a true Christian. It was clear that I did not really understand what God was teaching me through the Bible story and how I could apply the memory verses in my life. He continued to say, it was then when I attended my first youth camp in 2018. When, he was set, when she was set one, then she realized how wrong she was to think that she already understood what it means to be a Christian. She understood, I realized how sinful I was and I was so grateful to know that God has sacrificed His Son to save me. I never truly appreciated the abundance love that Jesus had for me. It was a turning point for me knowing that so much more to Christianity than just memorizing verses and stories. It was then when I truly believed in Jesus and made a decision, intentional decision, to follow, to pursue Jesus more. Growing up in church does not really guarantee a ticket to heaven. I'm thankful that God has saved me and changed my heart. Remember that transformation? It is a change from the inside out. The parents can, can change his behavior, but this change is from the inside out. That I thank God that God has saved me and changed my heart, my desire to seek Him more. I started to live my life humbly and prayerfully, depending on Him more and more. Whenever I make mistakes, I'm thankful that I can confess, repent, and turn back and come back to Jesus. He quoted this, she quoted this verse, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This verse above teach me that I cannot be fruitful as a Christian without God. He cannot grow, he cannot serve without God. Because of God's love for me, that is, his, her, that is her motivation. He forgave me and now I'm motivated to love and forgive others too. I pray by the grace of God, I will continue to walk with Him, serving and blessing others all for the glory of God. That was when she was sec three. And now she's one of uh, the facilitators in the youth ministry, helping the other youth to grow in Jesus. This is the story of someone that knows Jesus personally and desires to pursue Jesus intentionally and prayerfully. One day he can go for Jesus uh, fruitfully. My desire for us as a church, as individual, for myself as well, that we will grow. Don't, don't just because you think that you, you are white hair, you are, you are old in your faith, means that you are growing. Maybe not. Maybe some of you are serving in ministry on a regular basis, but yet you know that your heart is far away from God. God desires you 
to grow in Him. Take care of your root before God will give you your fruit. Take care and keep on abiding in Christ. Then you will abound for Christ. Take care of your being before your doing. Take care of your devotions before your duty for Jesus. Be like Mary, that one thing, to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. And not matter, busy with many things, but yet forgetting that one good thing, to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's my encouragement to you and also a challenge to you this year. Make your New Year resolution to be pursuing Christ in His holiness, in godliness. Let us bow with a word of prayer. I've spoken a lot of things, but you know what I've shared. You know what God has, has shared in His word. God is more concerned for your being than your doing. God is concerned for your soul. God is concerned that if you are growing and to becoming more like His Son, to enjoy Him in, his, in the fellowship of, of, of one another in the fellowship of Jesus Christ. That's God's desire. God saved you so that, not just to give you a ticket to heaven, God saved you so that you can build and start and cultivate your relationship with Jesus. That's God's desire for each and every one of you. If you are not growing, maybe it's time to reflect back upon your life. Ask God to give you that new heart, the desire in the power of the Spirit of God that enable you to grow. God, we commit the rest of these um, evenings, uh, this, this afternoon under your hands. We know that your word has spoken to us. We know that it's sometimes uncomfortable, but we know that it's your desire, it's your will, our sanctification, that we can be set apart, away from sin, understanding the power of sin that has been broken and now we can live the kind of life that you desire us to live because the Spirit of God lives in us. So God, will you enable us this year to grow, to be more like your Son, to grow in our relationship with you, to be more and more like you before even we go for you. God, we thank you for this time. Ask that you bless our hearts. Help us not to be hearers, but be doers of your word. We thank you, we love you because of what Jesus has done for us on that cross. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.